greetings, travellers. <laughs> What's that from? Um, it's from Falkenhoof, Lemmy's show. Ah, uh, Queer Hawk. Also, hi everyone. <laughs> queer Hawk. <laughs> Welcome to that podcast that we do. Yeah, it's Castle Myth Podcast, and as we said last week, after the um, fun that was Freddy Krueger, uh, the sequel, we said that we were going to look at some more Greek gods, or goddesses, or whatever. So that's what we're doing this week. Or hey. people. people. I mean, we didn't say we were going to look at Greek people, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> yeah, you cool. said gods, or, or you, unless you're looking at like demigods or whatever, but... Mm. Technically, I'm looking at a Greek person, as you know, but well, a Greek like mythical figure. But it's because there's lots of gods in the story, so really, I'm looking at those gods. Uh, okay. So, uh, throw back to last week's episode where our listener Andy McCune has uh, again contributed <laughs> comments. He he's sent... contributor. I think he contributes more than us. <laughs> he sent me. He sent me a meme that he, I think he made up himself of, um, I'll send you a picture of it, Mark. Um, it's uh, of Freddy Krueger um, as Smivers, like Freddy Krueger's head on Smivers' body, looking at Mr. Burns. And um, Mr. Burns says, what will you be doing, Freddy? Something gay, no doubt. What? what? <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, Freddy and Queerhawk save the polo. So he's teaming Freddy Krueger up with Queerhawk now. So that's a new show you can do. Um, we'd love that, yeah. Maybe yeah. Freddy and I could go around and save lots of nightclubs. A bit like the hotel inspector who also loves shoes. <laughs> I mean, I'm aware she's a heterosexual woman, but she's also pretty gay. Well, <laughs> she, she quite annoyed me. I don't know. That sounds really petty. What's her name? Palazzi or something like that, I think. Alex um, Palizzi. Alex Palizzi, yeah. So she wears, she always wore these long dangly earrings and she wore them every time. And I'm like, okay, I get that's your look, but you don't have to always wear those earrings. And then I noticed at least in a recent show that she's been doing, like a new one, she isn't wearing the earrings. So I'm quite happy about that. She's she finally got the vibes from you. I don't know if I'm that much of a male. I love her, but I normally hate those shows. Do you know why I think it is? Which has nothing to do with either a podcast or Freddy Yeah, we're sort of segueing a little bit. That's fine, I'm going to segue. I I normally hate those types of shows because I feel like it's people just being a wank for the sake of being a wank. Whereas I feel like I actually quite like her because the hotels are always genuinely shit. Mm. And the people do always seem quite oblivious to why it's shit. And I feel like she's not really wanky about it. She's just like... Do you actually think that having a bucket to shit in instead of a toilet is a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, because there was one I, the one I seen where she wasn't wearing the earrings was this guy, I think it was in Bath, and he had a self-service hotel. I'm like, well, who the fuck wants to stay in a self-service hotel? Yeah, that's that's one of those wanks. Yeah, it's like one of those wanks that, that basically you book it, you go in, you let yourself in, and there's no one there. And he put pictures of himself up where with QR codes, which if you scanned it, it took you to more pictures of him showing you around Bath. <laughs> and oh, it just made me cringe. And then what he did was as well for a breakfast. Well, I mean, I'm guessing this is all her idea because she obviously was part of the show and telling him how to improve his business. Was that 
she set up like a self-serve breakfast as well so you go in and all you have is cereals that's it or you can make mm. yourself some toast and I'm just like no I, I want to go to a hotel and, and get a breakfast buffet and have someone there yeah have like a hotel experience and what's to stop yeah what's to stop people from just going in and fucking the place up if it's self-serve or stealing shit true or shitting in your cocoa pops yeah exactly you can't trust that <laughs> it's going to stop them and shitting in their cocoa pops and all of it. you can't tell the difference because you know what cocoa pops are <laughs> that's why i never eat them <laughs> <laughs> plus i don't have milk with cereal i'm one of those weirdos i, I like to have everything dry mm, not in every what? respect but in the cereal yeah love but I love like just a little bit of milk and cereal, no. so it's like really crunchy. But then sometimes randomly it's squidgy. I think that's what puts me off is that the longer you let your cereal soak in the milk, it will go all, all so. It's like when my parents used to give me cornflakes when I was wee and put milk in it, and then the cornflakes would just go all that wet, disgusting, soggy way, and it was just vile. So that's why I don't like milk with cereal. I prefer mine with a crunch, fresh. Well, yeah. That's... Exactly. I know. I can't expect everyone to be like me. Although I do. <laughs> I can't understand why they're not like me. It is rude of people to not be like you. But like I said, I've been on, saying you know, that for years. There was a quote I found that Betty Davis said, which I, I really love, that if everybody likes you, then you're a dull person. So fuck it. <laughs> that is an excellent quote. It's brilliant. So that's how I justify not having many friends. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a dull person. I always anyway, remember when I yep. first started um, hanging about with, uh, uh-huh. I'll just say a friend of ours because I don't know whether or not she'd want to bring yeah, it on the podcast. Although I know she listens, so hi, you'll know this is about you. Um, okay. Like when we just first started hanging around together and I referenced somebody that we went to school with and she was like, I don't know who that is. And I went, you do know them, they're dead nice. And she went, oh my God, I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> <laughs> People <laughs> describing me to someone as, you know who she is, she's dead nice. Exactly. You know what you're <laughs> nice. That's the worst thing ever. <laughs> I'd rather be described as a bitch than nice. <laughs> you know who she is. She's a nasty fucking whore. <laughs> Such as the Greeks. I don't know. No, not the Greeks in general. I mean the Greek gods. <laughs> <laughs> That's our stance as a podcast. All yeah. Greek people are nasty whores. Well, I don't know. Have you been to Greece? Yeah. Whereabouts did you go? I don't remember the names of places. Let's say I've been I've to only been places. to Kos, uh, the island of Kos. I would go back to Greece. Always, what I was always put off um, Greece, but then that's because it was basically ignorant English like tourist types that would tell me that it was shit. And yeah, before I went, people told me it was terrible and because of the food. It's all Greek food, and I'm like, now that I think about it, I'm like, yeah, because you're in Greece. What do you expect them to I'm serve you? Fish and chips. Like, I love Greek food. Yeah, I like. Well, I can't remember the name. Kos is one of the places I've been, by the way. But I can't remember any other place. It's really annoying me. I mean, I love Greek food. It's lovely, really, really nice, and it's where that show, The Durrells, is filmed, which I've never watched, but I know it's filmed where I went. I thought the Durrells were in Cyprus. Hmm. Is it? Maybe not. I don't know. Fuck, I don't know. Cyprus have been to. Maybe it's, I don't know. I didn't watch the Durrells. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I found Greek people to be absolutely, like, lovely people. 
Um, they don't all look like. Yeah. Or just friendly. talk to me, and either of those things are fine in my book. Mm, yeah. As long as either I didn't engage with people or they were lovely. Really good looking people as well. Oh yeah, everyone's really fat. You can't believe it. You start to think, because I always had a stereotype of Greek men being quite stocky. I mean, you do get guys like that over there, the stocky ones with the hairy chests and the... Yeah. <laughs> but you also get really nice looking ones as well. <laughs> I guess you get that everywhere, you know, it doesn't matter what country you're in, you're going to get some stocky guys that look like big bears and then you'll get your, your little twinks. So I prefer the twinks. Yeah. Sorry, I'm now know. trying to work out on Google where I've been without any information. Well, isn't Cyprus Greek anyway? Maybe, or, maybe it is Cyprus I've been to and I just don't know what it is. Well, oh no, that's, maybe, that's what I've been. I think Cyprus was, was part of Greece, but then it became independent or the Turks took over some of it. I think you're right. So I think the Durrells is set in Cyprus, but it's filmed, which is why I recognise it from ah. there, in Kalami Bay, which is the other place that I've been in Greece. Right. OK. I would definitely like to visit Athens, maybe, you know, the, the city, see the Parthenon. Is that what it's called? I think so. Um, I don't know. I've not been anywhere else. Like Santorini looks nice, but yeah, it's quite touristy. Um, yeah, well, Aphrodite, that's where she was supposed to be born in Cyprus. She's in my story, although, again, hit on quite a lot of them. Um... All right, well, tell us your stories about which gods and goddesses from Greek mythology. All right, I will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to tell you the myth of Sisyphus. I can't say that. I said to you before we started recording that that's definitely something that my speech impediment can't handle, so I'm not even going to attempt to repeat it. I wouldn't worry about it because um, although I can say Sisyphus, there's many bits of this story that I'm not going to be able to say. So I'm just going to end up calling him Sissy or something like that just so that I can say Sissy. it. Like, Sissy. 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 Well, it is, but the story's about gods, but right, okay, the myth okay. of Sisyphus isn't. So Sisyphus, who the myth is called after, isn't a god, but most so of the characters in the story are gods. He's just some dude. Uh, he's not just some dude. He was the first Ooh. king of Assyria. Oh, excuse me. Defensively, like back Pardon me. I'm sorry. I'm not. <laughs> okay, then. Tell us about this king. So <laughs> Sisyphus, like did well for himself as a king like most of his people thought he was a nice guy and that he was nope. you know doing nice all guys. the right things ticking all the boxes right. distributing taxes fairly in in a respectable manner all Very the good rare. stuff mm-hmm. not a tory basically yeah so people liked him because he wasn't a tory um so he was doing well for his kingdom not everyone liked him in well, all fairness. like i say if everybody likes you you're dull he definitely wasn't dull. So two right. of the main reasons why people didn't like him is because people found out he was shagging his niece. Oh, right. Now I was thinking about this the other day, right? I know this sounds weird, but you could shag your uncle or your auntie as long as they weren't of your blood. 
technically, yes, it's not incest. <laughs> Maybe there's a bit of a grey area there, but you could. And she wasn't a child's niece. Okay. But people were still like... Well, I mean, <laughs> you try to justify it by saying she's not a child, but... I mean, if he was, like, it's... If if it was her uncle by marriage, then that's okay. But if it's her actual uncle by blood, nah, I've got a problem with that. But okay, it's Greek times. We're all fucking each other, regardless of what age you were. Carry on. He married her. He married her? Yeah. Oof. <laughs> he became the queen of Etheria. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, if you want to become queen, but you have to marry your uncle to get it, I suppose that would be a big incentive in a way. I mean, it's what other royal families do and people don't frown upon it. So mm, Yeah, I mean, in the Brit- not saying not, that's not, in the English. I'm pretty sure King Richard III was shagging his niece. Yeah. There's a lot of niece and nephew shagging in the royals, isn't there? Mm, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's still going on. I mean, apparently Prince yeah. William loves pegging. He's the prince of pegging. Have you heard this? He likes pegging. Yes, it was all over Twitter. No. There was a hashtag, the Prince of Pegging, Prince <laughs> William. It was all over. The, like, the media aren't going to report it, but it's basically rumoured that among it's well known amongst his aristocratic pals that because his wife's a bit of a square or vanilla in the bedroom, she won't peg him. So... <laughs> He's he's got permission to have his mistress peg him instead, as long as it doesn't turn into an emotional affair. No emotional pegging. Yeah, he just wants to be Roger. If, if for people who don't know what pegging is, it's basically when a woman puts a strap on of a big dildo or something, a, a penis-shaped thing, and shags a man up the arse. That's what pegging is. Ryanair put a tweet on Twitter. They deleted it, but they said, we've saved a seat for you, sir. And it was a picture of an airplane seat with one of the arms at an uh, erect <laughs> angle. <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> yeah, okay. So, yeah, that's how weird our royal family is. <laughs> so, comparatively, yeah. Sisyphus's family's a bit less weird. So, hmm. is Basically, his first wife was dead. Oh. The first queen of Etheria. Is it maybe a bloodline thing? His second wife was okay. his niece, but I think okay. through her. But again, I'm right. not saying it's okay to shag your niece. Uh, the other reason that quite a lot of people didn't like him is that he killed people with diplomatic immunity. Not like he literally killed what? everyone with diplomatic immunity, which would be That's weird. Not... Oh, right. So, like, in, what is it, Lethal Weapon, where he's like, I've got diplomatic immunity. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. So someone was visiting the kingdom and they like, I don't know, Boot them into your will. an actual sex crime rather than mm-hmm. his possible sexual weirdness. And then they were like, exactly that. Like, you cannot kill me. I have diplomatic immunity. He'd be like, yeah, I can. And then he killed them. So people <laughs> weren't there for that. People were like, you can't go killing people who have diplomatic immunity. But he was like, fuck it, do what I want. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a quote from the actual original community, this. <laughs> okay well fair enough he's king can do what he wants so Zeus our old pal oh dick yeah. <laughs> our old pal that we hate let it be known that this was not acceptable because Zeus demanded that all kings were hospitable to all visiting dignitaries 
unless Zeus didn't want them to be, so obviously it was just because he's a dick. Specifically, so he wants to rape their wives. Yeah, okay. Well, if Zeus was like, I instruct you to kill that person with diplomatic immunity, that was fine. But other than that, you weren't allowed to. Um, again, Sisyphus was like, all right, how many fucks do I give what Zeus wants? None. <laughs> I like this guy. So here's a intersecting story for you. Story number two, crossover right. story, because it comes back around to the Sisyphus story. So that's the start of the Sisyphus story. Have to backtrack a bit and tell you another story. That's fine. I like it. Go so on. So I'm going to tell you the story of Zeus and Aegina the Nymph. Aegina? Aegina. Aegina, okay. The so Aegina was, right, hold on, it's a crap. A punk rocker. And um, uh, Michael Jordan's Encyclopedia of the Gods. Michael Jordan? What? The the, the basketball player? The basketball player. <laughs> From such films as Space Jam. <laughs> So, according to Michael Jordan from such films as Space Jam, <laughs> Gina was a nymph. Uh, people, much like other nymphs, saw her as a symbol of fertility. Mm-hmm. She was known to bless oak trees, okay. and she had communications with priestesses who enacted annual sacred marriages mm-hmm. to the gods that are represented by planets like jupiter but i thought they jupiter, were roman. jupiter roman yeah but there's always a greek equivalent isn't there True. so i don't know who the greek equivalent of jupiter is could google it might yeah. do that now Neptune, um, venus yeah okay i'm going to sing a song while i google no don't okay. <laughs> it wasn't even really a song to be fair just making random noises uh, Jupiter, Greek. Mercury? That's not a planet, is it? Yeah, it is. I'm arguing with myself now. Is Mercury? Oh, okay, a... so no, Jupiter was the Roman equivalent of Zeus. Ah, okay. Okay. There it is. So there we go. So, um, which would make sense, the annual marriages, because Zeus obviously tracked about and married everyone. Mm. So whenever it was a marriage of, of Zeus that came around and the priestesses who enacted the sacred marriage ceremonies, um, they would ask for the direction of Aegina because she was all about fertility and, again, oak trees. That's my um, family tree, the Anderson oh. tree. is well, the oak tree. Now I'm going to imagine Aegina as you in this story. Oh, thank you. I like that. Yeah, I think you make a good Aegina. Oh, actually, I should just read slightly further. The next bit says, this festival and its variations celebrate the marriages of Zeus, for example, the marriage of Zeus and Hera, which Mm. took place in Athens. Uh, They take place, oh, and this also makes sense. So they take place by springs and lakes, which is why the nymph, who obviously... A water nymph? Yeah, she was a water nymph and a fertility nymph, so it would make sense that she would be the person who would direct those ceremonies. And Mark, what are nymphs? Good question. Are they spirits or are they goddesses? Not, or are they like lesser goddesses? Gods. She's a demigod, which makes me right. wonder if all nymphs are demigods. Oh, um, okay. So, are you nymphs. I'm now looking at nymphs. The definition of a nymph. In Michael Jordan's book. <laughs> this sounds like I'm doing some sort of weird... Um, what? Like a joke, but it is actually Michael Jordan's Encyclopedia of the Gods. I use it in school. 
I'm just imagining like a big cardboard cutout of the basketball player Michael Jordan pointing, saying, know your Greek gods or something like that. That is his yeah. uh, famous catchphrase. I believe he shouts it literally as every line in Space Jam instead of saying anything <laughs> else. Okay, so a nymph is a deity. Okay. But they're different from goddesses because nymphs are generally regarded as the personification of aspects of personality and nature and they're typically tied to a specific place or landform so and they're, they're always m- beautiful whereas goddesses don't have to have any of those so in a way they're more important than goddesses so uh, what they're what they are like elementals they live in the earth they don't live in mount olympus they're like earth gods or something along yeah so regina resides on the earth she can only appear right. in lakes and she's okay. the embodiment of yeah. fertility okay all right carry on with the story then mark okay so agina the nymph one day was bathing in her favorite lake and zeus was unsurprisingly being a creep <laughs> he was watching her from behind the trees but so fair how creepy it's quite funny the idea that the king of the gods was just like peeping through a tree branch like Rrr. fucking peeping tommy's trench coat <laughs> open wide so he decided that he wanted her to be one of his brides. Of course, yeah. Right. But yeah. instead of coming out from behind the tree or waiting until she was like dry, well not drying dress, she's been, she's made out of water. <laughs> waiting until she was dry, so non-existent. Uh, he instead decided that he was going to turn into a giant eagle, standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and snatch one of his... her up and whisk her off to Mount Olympus, where she oh. evolves from what we just established didn't want to be. Yeah, they don't belong in Mount Olympus. Okay, yeah. Did now, you do that? Father was the god of rivers, Aesipus. Uh-huh. Aesipus, right? Yeah. Aesipus or Aesipus? Um, E-S-E-P-U-S. I would say Aesipus, yeah. Aesipus. So I have no follow up information in Aesipus. There's not really very much information about him. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be a lot of information on the sort of male hmm. gods. Like the lesser male gods, but anyway, yeah, carry on. actually, the other lesser male gods that come up in the story, like the lesser female deities, I've got loads of information on, but mm. I've got practically nothing in him other than he is the god of rivers and he has several daughters who are nymphs, which makes sense because he's the god of rivers, so the water nymphs are his daughters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he was a very good dad, all his daughters were a big fan of him. He was maybe that's why they didn't write much about him because he's too. He doesn't have anything interesting or bad to speak of. So yeah, he's just basically a nice dad. Yeah, yeah. So he was All horrified right. by what had happened to Gina, and he decided that he was going to to track her down. So he followed, using his um, ability to see through the rivers, he followed Zeus's path all the way until they got to Etheria, where the river stopped just outside of Etheria, and he was unable to see where he went from there. Oh. So. Aesipus then arrives in Etheria, which is when we then come back into the Sisyphus story, because this is part of his story. So, one so day... Sisyphus lives in Etheria, yeah. Yeah, okay. he's the king of Etheria. So one day, Sisyphus and his niece-wife were chilling in their palace, and the god Aesipus shows up and says to Sisyphus, please help me, the god Zeus has snatched my daughter. He's disguised as a gigantic eagle. Have you seen a gigantic eagle? And Aesipus says... No, Aesipus is the dad. 
Sisyphus. <laughs> and Sisyphus says, yeah, actually, I did just point out to my wife that there was a gigantic eagle flying over the castle. And Sisyphus says, oh, amazing. Could you let me know where it, go- where it went? And uh-huh. Sisyphus said, yeah, it went in this direction. So he showed him where it went. And Sisyphus then uses his ability to look in the rivers in that direction. And he manages to catch sight of the Zeus eagle again. All right. So he thanks Sisyphus and Queen so Nice. It's only polite. Yeah, he's a, he's a nice guy. I like this god. So he thanks them both and he rewards them. And his reward for them is there's not a river running through Etheria by creating a fresh water spring in the centre of the Etherian temple to Aphrodite. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so this spring then comes up from there and then it flows all through the city and everyone has access to fresh water. And again, everyone's like, Sisyphus is a great king. Now we don't even have to go out of the city to get fresh water. It's just flowing through the streets of the city just because he's so great. That's why you should always, um, if someone stops and asks you for directions, help them out. Unless they they happen to be a serial killer. But you don't know that, but it's worth the risk because it might also might turn out they might be gods and then they'll give you a great treasure in return. Such as fresh water. Yeah, or other things that you might need. Aesopus uses the information, he tracks down Zeus, he manages to catch him before they leave our realm to go to Mount Olympus, um, brings the rivers up over him. Zeus is obviously pissed off because he's now a big soaking eagle because (laughs) he's been soaked. (laughs) He's pissed off because he's a big soaking eagle. Again, quote from the text. Because he's being soaked, Aegina manages to like seep out through his feathers and she goes back into the river and escapes. And Aesopus then returns to the river as well because his daughter's back. So Aesopus is overjoyed, Aegina's overjoyed, Sisyphus and Mississippus are both really happy. Everyone in the city of Etheria is happy. But Zeus is well pissed off. He is fucking raging. And do you know who he's <laughs> fucking raging with? The uh, what Sisyphus? Is because <laughs> as they become water, Aegina uh, says, "Oh, father, how did you find me?" And Aesopus says, "The king of Etheria was looking out for you." Oh, he did. Zeus is like, "Oh, <laughs> he grasped him." In. King of Etheria was looking out for you, was he? I've already got previous beef with him because <laughs> he kills criminals. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's it. Um, absolutely raging. So. Zeus contacts Thanatos. Let me get my book. Thanos? (laughs) I I believe Thanos is based on Thanatos and that's where they got the name from because Thanatos is the god that courts death. Oh. Where are you, Thanatos? (laughs) A little fold next to your name so that I didn't have to take a pause like this. Um, there he is right so Thanatos is a minor Greek god known for courting death actually courting death yeah like like because she's related to Erebus I think that's his daughter is that so is Erebus who you're going to look at yeah cool so (laughs) he's yeah he is courting Part of the goth contingency of the Greek gods. Part of the goth contingency. Yeah. As well into her. Again, much like Thanos in the comics, she's not interested, but he's into her. He's courting Mm. her. According to one legend, he is one of the sons 
of Nex. Are you going to talk about her as well? Yes. So he's the son of Nex, and he's quoting the daughter of... Of Nex. Of Nex, okay. He's quoting his own sister. Well, that's what they're all judging. (laughs) They're all judging Sisyphus because he's married his non-blood-related niece. I know. (laughs) Even though Zeus is an actual rapist, and Thanatos is trying to shag his own sister. (laughs) But his parents are brother and sister, so it runs in the family, it's fine. They're gods, they can do what they want. Uh, he is the twin. Mm-hmm. Thanatos is the twin of Hypnos. Yeah, oh, that again, or the goth contingency. I feel like That's this is good that the only one of these that has the come up is the one you're not going to talk about. <laughs> All uh, the ones you've mentioned so far are. <laughs> when he's not out courting death, he resides in a remote cave beside the river Leith, which I believe runs through Edinburgh. Edinburgh, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Leith what? <laughs> Different spelling, but still L-E-T-H-E. Close enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brother they do say Edinburgh is the Athens of the North. so They do. Thanatos definitely says that. Yeah. So Zeus goes to Thanatos and he says, look, you're courting death. Do you know a way to get death to fancy you even more? Kill people. <laughs> And Thanatos is like, all right, I'm listening. And Zeus says, I know this guy, his name's Sisyphus, definitely deserves to be killed. Why don't you go kill him? Why doesn't Zeus just kill him with his fucking light, lightning bolts? A fair oh, yeah. point. But Zeus is lazy. He's probably having a sandwich or trying to molest yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. <laughs> all right, so does he go and kill So too many names Thanatos goes to the palace in Ethera I went to say Etheria, that's out of He-Man <laughs> no, that's Eternia that's Eternia uh, is Etheria, where does um, is she from Etheria I don't know, I can't remember but again no, she's she related to He-Man and their brother and sister but don't they imply that they're banging because they don't know their brother and sister so they've got a sort of Luke and Leia thing going on Mm, I think there's like a weird flirtation between them in the old cartoons, but in the, the new cartoons, right. I think she's canonically a lesbian. <laughs> okay, of course. In these woke times. In these woke times, all strong women must be lesbians. Yeah, I've noticed that. I feel like a weak person because I'm not full on lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. you're still a half lesbian, so that means yeah. you've got double the strength of a normal woman, which is impressive. Okay. So, I am being weak though. But anyway. <laughs> Right, so Thanatos goes to Athera and he seizes Sisyphus and drags him to the underworld. Sisyphus asks Thanatos what he's doing and he says, I'm going to basically, he's going to imprison him there and basically present him as a gift to death herself. And she's like, eh, I don't want that. Fuck off. Yeah, she's like, oh, for fuck's sake, my fucking weird brother's here again. Like, what is wrong with him? Stop bringing me gifts I don't want. I'm not interested. I don't want the king in a box. So, <laughs> on that note, Thanatos trying to put the king in a box. So, Sisyphus is like, but how are you going to keep me here and present me to death? And he says, well, I'm going to put you in this special box that you can't escape from. And Sisyphus <laughs> says, well, how do you know I can't escape box? from it? And he yeah. says, well, it's in- inescapable. And mm-hmm. Sisyphus is like, right, well, I don't believe you. What makes you think it's inescapable? And confusingly... Thanatos, although let's remember, we've just learned he wants to shag his own sister, 
climbs into the box and is like, so when you close the lid down, oh, what an idiot. you hit each of the corners and they all lock. And then there's a strap that goes over the top, which is unbreakable. And it then straps across. And <laughs> this is like, sound, slaps the lid down, bang, 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 wraps it up. See, he's committed that stupid error that all baddies do in films where they tell the person they're trying to kidnap or kill all their plans before killing them so they know how to use it against them. I think they took the piss out of it in Austin Powers quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> He's basically like the first Bond villain. Yeah. What an idiot. Never ever tell them how things work. Not very smart for a god. No. I mean, really dumb. Sisyphus. Yeah. In the story, it's like because Sisyphus was so uh, wise, which I get he probably was based on how well he ran his country. But, mm. yeah, I mean, that you don't need to be wise to be like, I mean, you're already in the box telling me how to you. <laughs> so Thanatos is now trapped in this box where you're eternally imprisoned. And Sisyphus is like, right, sound, goes home. Death's like, yes, thank you. Now I don't need what worry about my brother try bang me all the time. Cheers. So <laughs> Thanatos is now much like Zeus already was absolutely raging at Sisyphus. He's trapped in this box. He's like, I swear revenge on Sisyphus. I want him dead. But he can't because he's stuck in a box. So he's stuck in a box, but because he's stuck in a box. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not entirely sure how this works here, but he's stuck in a box, which means that nobody's courting death, which means that death just kind of starts doing her own thing. Oh, so there's no one there to distract her anymore. So she can just go killing people willy nilly. Well, that- you would think that. This is the point that then confuses me. So now that she's no longer having things draw her focus from what she's doing, she starts focusing on her other hobbies, the ones that are not death. Which means oh, that she's so not paying- does, does that mean people don't die? Because yeah, so she's now paying oh. no attention to the mortal plane. I'm going to guess it's like she likes doing her garden, but every time she does it, he's like in the long grass staring at her and she's like, I'm going to go murder some people. Brothers in the grass again. <laughs> yeah. So she just goes in the house and controls the lives and deaths of people. But now that he's not doing that, she's like, I don't know where he is, but he's not been around for ages. So she's out doing the garden. Nobody on earth is dying. Nice. Keep so her occupied. Ares shows up at the home of death. Uh-huh. And he is basically like, you have to stop doing these other things and focus on what your main job is. And Actually, yeah, Mark, because although no people are dying, I'd imagine that because there's a god of aging who is also related to Erebus and and death and they'll be aging, but they can't die. So that'd be fucking horrible. Well, that's not why Ares is raging. Oh. So Ares, I don't think I need to go into lots of detail on because I'm imagining most people have heard of Ares. Ares is the god of war. Mars is the Roman equivalent. Yeah, so he's like a, he's a big deal. Yeah. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. He's one of the... The main protagonists of the Greek mythological family. Yeah, he's one of the, like, main players in the pantheon. He's the the prince, I was going to say Andrew, but I don't want to go for the prince Andrew. He can't sweat. No, he he can't sweat at all, no. Right. But he could be sweating. Even in this really hot weather, the sweaty nonce can't sweat. If he could sweat, he would be sweating with rage at the fact that nobody's dying. So he shows up, starts to fight with death. She's all like, fuck your beef. I'm doing my own thing now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he says, no. 
Do your fucking job. Nobody is dying. And she's like, right, what issue of that is yours? You can't die anyway. And he says, well, because I love watching battles, because he's the god of war. And he's like, the funniest bit of the battle is when, when people die. Like, I love fuck? watching the weird ways in which people die. I suppose. You can get a laugh out of it, can't you? He's game for a laugh. So <laughs> he's like, you need to return to watching the mortal plane and ensure that when people are injured and more, they die, because otherwise I'm bored and there's no point watching it. So she's like, no, nah, fuck off. So he goes <laughs> around and starts investigating round about their the like I don't want to say kingdom of the dead well it's Hades isn't it realm of the dead yeah so he's going around having a squatch he finds the unopenable box he's like hmm suspicious so Hades unlocks the unopenable box with his godly powers and Thanatos is freed he bursts out of the box swearing revenge on Sisyphus Hades then asks who Sisyphus is and Thanatos tells his story. Ares realises that it's Sisyphus's fault that battles have been really boring for nearly a year. Oh my god, so Sisyphus, Sisyphus, revenge on Sisyphus too. It's always his fault for fucking everything. I know he's getting the blame for everybody else's he's, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Alright, yeah, so what are they going to do about it? What are they so, do about it? Thanatos, again, so he's the, the next of this line of gods that are swearing revenge on him that are trying to get him so Thanatos is absolutely he mm-hmm. comes back up to the mortal plane he goes to can't remember the name of the kingdom again Athera Athera he goes to Athera and he comes for Sisyphus I'm coming for you right but Sisyphus managed to get to the underworld before mm-hmm. Thanatos could get to Sisyphus right. The reason for this is because when Thanatos arrived at the gates of the palace, Sisyphus was immediately informed by his guards. Sisyphus then asked his niece-wife to push him out of a window into what? the sea. To kill him? Yep. So he's like, quick, shut me out this window backwards into the sea. She's like, I don't want to. He's like, do it. So she does it, pushes him as hard as he can. He flies out the window backwards into the sea. He I then arrives at the underworld before um, Thanatos has even got to his throne room. Mm-hmm. And on arrival at the underworld, he asks to be taken to Persephone. Right, okay, the sweet Persephone, who is the wife of Hades. Yeah. Thank you. I just thumbs up you. You can't see me. And also, <laughs> thumbs up you. <laughs> she lives in Hades for six months of the year. So when she's there, that's when winter is. And then when she leaves to go back to her mum, I can't remember her mum's name, um, then it's springtime. Because her mum's like the goddess of the seasons. Uh, hold on and I'll tell you what her mum's name is. Cause it'll oh. be <laughs> Consult Michael Jordan. Go Michael on. Jordan's book. <laughs> Where are you, Persephone? There she is. Uh, I really like that name, Persephone. I think I there should, Yeah, I think there should be more girls called Persephone. I like Greek names like I really love Artemis. Artemis is also a good name yeah. Yeah. Uh, as is Persephone's mum's name Demeter. Demeter that's it. Oh she was in American Gods. She wasn't. She was so good in American Gods. Yeah yeah yeah. So yeah. She was the actress but like. I can't remember. It. Oh the actress of in American Gods I think was Gwyneth Paltrow's mother. 
It was Blythe yes. Danner, is that her name? Yeah, Blythe Danner, uh-huh. She was really good. Yeah. So he goes to Blythe Danner's daughter, <laughs> um, which is Gwyneth Paltrow, so there we go. Gwyneth so Paltrow, good. He goes to Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> she's doing whatever she's doing with her eggs and all that. And he says, Persephone, can I ask a favour of you? And she's like, yeah, hi. I mean, I don't know who you are, but. Buy one of my vagina candles first. <laughs> Welcome to my house. Look at my weird possessions. I ask away. So mm-hmm. he says, could you please return me to life? And she's like, well, I mean, in theory, I could, but why would I return someone to life? And he says, because my wife has not given me an appropriate burial. She, in fact, murdered me. Oh. And threw my body into the sea. Can she not see through his bullshit that he asked her to do that? So you would think so, but Persephone uses her seeing ability to mm-hmm. just kind of see the big events round about what happens. So she sees mm-hmm. his wife running at him, him being pushed out the window and flying backwards into the sea. And she's like, oh, God, yeah, you're right. You didn't get a proper burial. She did throw you out the window. That is completely out of order. <laughs> Buy my shit. Why don't you go back? Why don't you buy several of these jade eggs and then go back up into the yeah. oven? So Sisyphus is like, yeah, lovely. Buys a couple of her jade eggs, goes back up into the land of the living. As he's going back up, Thanatos is storming back down to challenge him to fight. Thanatos this is like gets, a farce. <laughs> Thanatos gets to the underworld and by this time, Sisyphus has returned to the land of the living. He's Sisyphus alive again. is such a fucking troll by now. Like, he's totally trolling Thanatos. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Right, so what happens? Thanatos goes to the underworld. He misses... Um, what is his name? Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Sisyphus washes up on the shore of the beach. Right, yeah. He has a conn shell next to him, and in the conn oh. shell is a letter from Persephone. It informs him that although he is technically he's back in the land of the living, he's actually undead. So Ooh. maybe a vampire. I don't know. That's sweet. So it says in the letter, you must speak with your wife, make amends, arrange your funeral correctly. <laughs> and then at this point, you must leave your body and return to the underworld so that your wife can properly dispose of your body. Well, fair enough. That's what he asked for. So she can't just let him live again after that after saying i haven't been properly buried so, so that would be tricking her yeah uh-huh. she arguably is the only god here not being a wank but yeah so he doesn't do this he just carries on being the king <laughs> persephone is now also raging at him yeah that's not good because i imagine hades wouldn't be too happy about that either yeah okay so, zeus i don't know maybe hades doesn't give a fuck right so zeus what does he do zeus Thanatos, Ares, and Persephone at this point all get together. All get in line to punch Sephiroth in the face. They okay. arrive at the palace and remove him from the palace. Oh, okay, it's getting on. Persephone informs him that she is not going to bring him to the underworld. Oh. That he will remain on Earth, undead, for all of eternity. So, he kind of is a vampire. Yeah, well, he doesn't drink anyone's blood. He's just an immortal then. Okay. I'd say that was pretty good. Thanatos (laughs) uses his godly abilities to hide him from death so that Uh death will not come for him. Right, Uh uh-huh. Ares then uses his war abilities to make him the strongest soldier that's ever existed 
Two this is a punishment? Like a massive, super strong tank. What the fuck? <laughs> and then Zeus touches his head and plants a thought in his mind. And at this oh. point, Sisyphus then begins to roll a boulder up a hill. Oh, I know where this is going. He gets to the top of the hill and the boulder rolls down. And it's a massive boulder like it couldn't normally be moved by human man. And Sisyphus walks back to the bottom of the hill and rolls it up again. And the thought that's been planted in his head is to do this. So that's all basically for the entire rest of eternity. He's like Mm -hmm. a super soldier, so he's super strong, doesn't need to eat, doesn't need to drink. Yeah. Death isn't going to come from him and for him and he can't die because he is one of the undead. So according to the story, he would to this day... Or no, sorry, he is till this day, I'm lying, mm-hmm. there's only one amendment to it. He is till this day still rolling a boulder up a hill somewhere in Greece. I wonder if we could find him. The only thing that changed about it is that when Aphrodite heard of this, I oh. knew that the reason that her temple in Athena um. was so good was because of his good actions. She went to try and help him, but she was unable to undo any of the spells or curses or whatever. Yeah, because you can't undo another god's spell. You can't undo another god's spell. So she, too, touched his head and planted the thought in his mind that his favourite pastime is rolling a boulder up a hill and watching it roll back down. Oh, fair enough. (laughs) So technically the story, weirdly, even though it's horrible, still ends with him being joyous. He's doing the same monotonous thing over and over again for all of eternity but he absolutely loves it (laughs) so let's not stop him from doing that you can anyway um i wonder yeah that's a shame i wonder what happened to his wife and like the people did they not was he technically still king or i suppose they would have to replace him Mm, i I suppose thinking of mundane things here yeah i think there were other kings and queens of athera so he must have been replaced i assume they just thought he was dead yeah God, those gods. What a bunch of bastards. Indeed. All because Zeus wanted to fuck a nymph. All because Zeus wanted nymph. to fuck a nymph. Yeah, that's pretty shit, isn't it? Mm. Well, we mentioned some gods there. And one of them is uh, Erebus. And the reason why I thought of Erebus to talk about is because... Um, there was a program, there was a drama series called, well, there is an actual, there's a few ships named after Erebus, and Erebus literally means darkness. So there was the story of the Erebus and the Terror, these two, uh, they were ex-battleships and they were icebreakers, they were made to be icebreakers, and they went to try and find the pass, the, was it some passage way through, um, Northwest Passage, I think it was, in the Arctic. No one's ever done it before. And they got really quite far, but it went horribly wrong because they went at the wrong time and the winter was really harsh. So that the ice basically just trapped the boats to the point where they were trapped there for years and years. And it got to the point where they had to abandon the ship because the ice was breaking the ships apart. And some of them tried to go and get like rescue or get help, but most of them ended up eating each other. Because they were well, starving, there was no food around. I mean, that makes sense, but for some reason wasn't where I thought we were going to be. <laughs> and also, I recently watched Apocalypse Now, which, you know, the Vietnam movie with Marlon yes. Brando and Martin Sheen and that. I've never actually seen it, but I'm aware it's of it. It's an excellent movie, but 
he is on a boat, like a military boat, your your classic Vietnam military gunboat, and he his mission is to go up the river from Vietnam all the way to Cambodia through horrific shit to kill a guy who's used to be in the art the American army who's went mental and decided to form his own like tribe of people as their god in Cambodia. And he's called Colonel Kurtz. And his boat is called the Erebus as well. And what links to that, if you're wondering where I'm going with this, is that the the Apocalypse Now movie is based on a early 1900s novel or novel. Yeah, it's a novel by, I think his name is Joseph Conrad, Conran or something. And he is, he wrote a book called Heart of Darkness. And Erebus means darkness. I think, I don't know if the boat in that story was called Erebus as well, but that was set in the uh, the, Bel- the Congo, the Belgian Congo at the time, which was a pretty fucking horrible place because King Leopold II basically ransacked Congo and treated them like shit yeah. and used them as slaves and cut off their hands if they didn't refuse to be slaves or work for him. And the story was that he was sent there, this guy was sent there to rescue a guy called Kurtz, the same guy, it wasn't he wasn't there to kill him. But anyway, so he's seen a lot of shit there. So that's where I got interested in like Erebus and who the hell is Erebus and why is he associated with darkness and all of that. But there's not really much to him. So the personification um, almost makes it cooler that so many like people in different forms of media and pop culture have almost like drawn on Yeah. His existence if there's not actually that much to his existence, if you know what I mean. No, not really. I mean, he doesn't really seem like that uh, bad of a guy or bad of a god. Um, or some people say he's not really like the other god because he's one of the first gods to be created by Kronos. Um, like he's older than Zeus. Um, he's one of the original ones that were around. So they they say that he doesn't actually have like a core, like a form like the other gods do. He's more of a a spiritual thing. Like, he doesn't have a, a human-like form. Cool. Well, that's what some people say anyway. So Does he, he like is, appear as darkness? Yeah, he is a personification of darkness, and he lives in the underworld. That's <laughs> why I love this shit. It's like, go That links up. back again, though, to the, like, he, when we were talking about the nymph, because it's like, you mm-hmm. think of nymphs as being lesser than gods, but actually she's kind of more important, and she's the personification yeah. of, um, water. not water, she's made out of water, she's the personification right. of nature what was that no beauty oh fertility fertility yeah so he is the personification he lives in the underworld his parents are just chaos (laughs) that's it (laughs) chaos so chaos itself birthed him yeah which i think is awesome and his siblings um is next and his consort is next so he's got a sister wife and he's got a lot of offspring with Nyx. So there's Aoife. Um, she is... What's Aoife? I'm trying to see here. I don't know. It'll tell me. Um, there's Aoife. There's Himera. The Keres. I think they're the Fates as one of his, his kids. Thanatos. So you mentioned him. That's one of his kids. Hypnos. Oh, so uh, Honoroi. Momus. Oises, 
the Hesperides, the Morai, or the Moirai, Nemesis, Apate, Philotes, Jerus, Eris, Styx, who is the guy that I think, or Styx is the river in the underworld or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't think the river god, I think the river god from Mm. my story is like the rivers on earth, not the rivers of the underworld. Then there's Dolos, Ponos, Euphus, um, Epiphon, Continentia, <laughs> Petulantia, and Misericordia. I'm guessing Misericordia is... Well, we can go through them all. So I'm just going through his family tree, but let, let me tell you about... Is hmm? Misericordia, I think it's like melancholy, maybe. Oh. Um. So he is part of the primordial deities um which include Kronos who ate all his kids so he's like the father of Zeus. Sorry, um, and my head started going who ate all his kids. Who ate all his kids. <laughs> like Eros Gaia. Gaia is one of his sisters I think as well like or it might be his mom, I don't know. Gaia's like the earth or it might be one of his 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 relations. Um, yeah, there's or there's well, let's go again to Erebus, okay? So it means literally deep darkness or shadow, and he lives in the shadow realm, <laughs> and he's the personification of darkness. And one of the primordial deities, Hesios Fiogoni, identifies him as one of the first five beings in existence, born of chaos. So before there was any beings in existence, there was only chaos. Which is a bit like, you know, when you explain like there was nothing before the Big Bang and then yeah. chaos says the Big Bang, I guess, if you're trying to put it in that, like in modern times. So it, the first recorded instance of Erebus um, of it was a place of darkness between Earth and Hades. So he it, he lives in a sort of purgatory place, like a waiting room. So when you die, you go to Erebus's waiting room and then you either get into like Hades or you just hang about uh, Erebus's place <laughs> I guess so according to the Greek oral poet Erebus is the offspring of Chaos and the brother of Nyx by whom he is the father of Aether and now, now I'm confused oh no he's the brother of Nyx who's the queen of the night so she represents night Um, Aether Aether is the primordial god and personification of the upper sky. Right, so I think she's like Dawn. Oh. So her mother's night. Oh no, Hemera's day. Cronos' uh, time. So it's all to do with various different I think they're... they're it's also you like know, you say about like it being like the Big Bang because the Big Bang, yeah. before the Big Bang there was nothing and then the Big Bang happened and then it created all, what is it mm. that created all Matter, Matter. Light, darkness, mm-hmm. energy, time, and space. Yeah. And I suppose they all kind of fall into either just are one of them or fall into one of those categories. Mm-hmm. So Erebus, Nyx is who's night, Aether, and Dees is the day, are the offspring of chaos. And oh, so he's got a mother. His mother is Mist, Caligine. Oh. So chaos and Mist bangs and then <laughs> so, uh, so his sister is day D 
daylight, I suppose night and day makes sense if they're sisters. They've got each a job to do. Um, and he is the father of huh. He's the father he's also by his sister. His sister gave birth to fate, old age, death, destruction, strife, sleep, dreams, thoughtfulness. Um, so they're all they're not very proud of being the father of thoughtfulness. Yeah. <laughs> and dreams and sleep, it's all to do with that side of things. Yeah. That's why I call it the goth contingency, because it sounds really goth. I imagine them all wearing black and you know, listening to the cure or something. <laughs> I don't know. They all love Robert Smith. Maybe Robert Smith is part of the, the goth contingency Maybe. of the great gods. Maybe he's thoughtfulness. Maybe he is. <laughs> no, but there's more. So there's also discord, misery, petulance, nemesis, cheerfulness. I'd imagine that's like the Marilyn Munster of the group, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Friendship. <laughs> Pity and sticks. He's got loads of kids. The Parsi, Clawful, Lashes and Atri- They're I think they're fate, the fates. And then there's um there's also ones to be fabled to be the children of Erebus and Nix. So they're not quite sure if they are his kids or not. <laughs> There's Amor, Love, Dolis, who is Guile, uh, Metis, who is Fear, Labor, Toil, Invidentia, which is Envy, Fatum, mm. Fate, Senate, the Death, the Yeah, the old, and then there's Old Age, and then there's Mors, which is Death, that's her name, Mors. Tenebrae, which is Darkness, which you'd think would be like... So Mors is the women from my story yeah. that the guy yeah. was shag and then she yeah. managed to get rid of him. I mean, this is the ultimate golf name, Miseria, which is misery. <laughs> <laughs> I think some people should name their kids, some golf should name their kids Miseria. Also oh. like that idea because they're all coming out and saying their names in my head and then <laughs> you have to work out what they are and she's like, and I'm Miseria. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder who that could be. <laughs> Cruella. Not Cruella from the Dalmatians, but K no Q U E R E L L A Cruella Cruella, and that's Lamentation, which also I think is pretty fun. That's a good name. There's Gratia, Gratia. Cruella or Cruella, I can't really say that properly. And Lamentation. I'm going to say Cruella. Yeah, Cruella. (laughs) Cruella. And then there's Gracia. Who's Favour. There's Frouse, which is fraud. (laughs) Pertinatia is obstinacy. And then the Parsi are the fates. And then you've got Hesperides and the Somnia. Somnia is a clue, because if you've got insomnia, you can't sleep. But if you have Somnia, then that means dreams. Oh. It's got a shit ton of kids. And they've all, all what got was, kind of Hesperasis? Uh, Hesperasis? Where's that? Did I just make that up in my head? Yeah. Oh, no, there's he- Hesperides. Hesperides. Is... She's a nymph. Oh. Well, we like nymphs, so good for her. Yeah, she is... The nymphs of evening and golden light of sunsets, who are the daughters of evening or nymphs of the west. 
And I again, their parentage is the nymphs of the evening. So they uh, <laughs> are symbols of the gifts, the apples in body. They cannot be acted. What? I don't know what that means. Or sometimes I think it's really started off with Manimp, with she like basically yeah. is all about oak trees, and yours is like, shut up, the apples. <laughs> all right. They're clear voiced daughters of Nyx. They, gar- uh, they guarded the golden apples beyond ocean in the far west of the world and gives the number of the Hesperides is four, and their names is Aegle or Aegle for dazzling light. These are all quite good drag queen names. Or um, if Ephria, um, Hesperia, Sunset Glow, <laughs> whose name refers to the colour of the setting sun, red, yellow, or gold. And lastly, Arephusia, um, uh, doesn't but, um, really felt, tell us what. Hesperia, Sunset Glow, the way you said that was very like, I could imagine a drag queen walking out in the like workroom on their engines and going like, Hesperia, Sunset Glow, <laughs> and then <throwing laughs> gold glitter in there. Again, they like gardening, they like apples, they've taken pleasure in singing. Euripides calls them minstrel maids. Uh, they're sort of like a wee girl band. So they possess the power of sweet song. Uh, and that's why they, they can change into trees or sort of like like nature nymphs. So there you are. That's oh, who yeah. that's there. I mean, I could go through quite a lot of the family, but I'll get back to uh, Erebus. So where was I? I've went over his children. Erebus is apparently the fourth being to come into existence. Well, they said he was the fifth, so why are they saying he's now the fourth? What? Oh, he was the first of five beings in existence. So he was the fourth to come fourth, if you would say. He's the fourth to come fourth. Or or maybe that's just someone else's theory that he was the fourth. Um, Um... they were the first beings, so that's Chaos, Erebus, Nyx, and Tartarus were the first beings before the existence of Earth, Air, or Heaven. Nyx laid a germless egg in the bosom of the infinite deeps of Erebus, from which came Eros. Aether is also called the son of Erebus. So he seems to be like his own... Like Some people say that he's a god, like he's like a spiritual thing or he's his own realm. It's weird. It's hard to really define him. He functions all I as like the idea of worshipping a being that is his own realm. Yeah. Also, again, I feel like that's quite goth. Like if you were back in ancient Greece and people were like, I love Aphrodite because I'm all about love and I love Zeus because I like doing what I want. And I'd be like, I am in love and have dedicated my life to a realm of darkness, which can take yeah. form if it wishes. <laughs> That's Erebus. He functions as an un, an, I can't say this, anthropomorphized personification of darkness and the Fiogoni. So that it means that he's not, not like, you know, like Aphrodite, who's a beautiful woman. Or, I mean, I suppose if you could try and anthropomorphize Erebus, it would be Robert Smith from The Cure. <laughs> <laughs> or Marilyn Manson or something, like some goth. But he's not, he can't, he doesn't have like a, a form that we could imagine in our image. You know, they say like gods, in the Bible at least, that the, the biblical God, the Christian God, is made and we are made in his image. Yes. Whereas Erebus doesn't have a human form at all. He is just darkness. Yeah, you can't be made in his image. He's yeah. not even really a he. Not really, he's just 
a, he's androgynous. A, 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 a thing. <laughs> he's a state of he's an atmosphere. That's what he is. I love an atmosphere. <laughs> I love a dark and gloomy, lovely atmosphere. That's what Oedipus is. So he also um is he also is named for a region in the Greek underworld where the dead pass immediately after dying and is sometimes used interchangeably with Tartarus. Now, Tartarus is a place in the underworld. It's like a deep abyss that's used as a dungeon of torment and suffering for the wicked and as a prison for the titans. Tartarus is a place where, according to Plato's uh, Gorgias, souls are judged after death and where the wicked receive divine punishment. Tartarus is also considered to be primordial force or deity alongside entities such as Earth, Night and Time. So he is this place as well. He is where the wicked go or the, the dead go before they're judged to go to Hades, which I imagine is like, because there isn't really like, a heaven Imagine when we were mythology. like 15 if some guy with like dyed black <laughs> hair had come over to us and been like, I am where the bad people go to be punished. <laughs> like, I don't know what that means, but cool. Like, I'm really into that. It's, um, <laughs> so it's, it's both a deity and a place in the underworld. So he's both, that's, that, yeah, you get the idea. It's, it's a place and a deity is just it. Um, it's also the unbounded first existing entity from which the light and the cosmos are born so yeah it's it's quite interesting some more about this place a bronze anvil falling from heaven would fall nine days before it reached the earth the anvil would take nine more days to fall from earth to Tartarus and the Iliad Zeus asserts that Tartarus is as far beneath Hades as heaven is above earth Similarly, so you can't get any deeper than that. <laughs> Darker. Similarly, the mythographer, myth, mythographer, I think we're mythographer, I can't say that fucking word. Mythographers, mythographers, we're mythographers. Apollodorus, we crystal mythographers, <laughs> describes Tartarus as a gloomy place in Hades, as far distant from Earth as Earth is distant from the sky. It's the goth paradise, basically. Well, according to Greek mythology, the realm of Hades is the place of the dead. Tartarus ha- also has a number of inhabitants. When Cronos came to power as the king of the Titans, he imprisoned the one-eyed Cyclops and the hundred-armed Hecatonchires in Tartarus and set the monster Camp as its guard. <laughs> There's a monster called Camp. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine that. Like, what is it, like Frankie Howard or something? (laughs) (laughs) This killed Camp and released these imprisoned giants to aid in his conflict with the Titans. The gods of Olympus eventually triumphed. Kronos and many of the other Titans were banished to Tartarus. Though Prometheus, Epiphemus, and the female Titans, such as Metis, were spared. Kronos somehow later earned Zeus's forgiveness and was released. So it's kind of like a prison for gods and monsters and stuff, as well as bad humans, um, is where Erebus resides and is. What do you think? I think that he should uh, engulf his brother that's trying to shag and sexually harass his sister. And his, oh, well, there, there's your man, Sisyphus. Is it Sisyphus? There, you, there he is. So there you go. Uh, Tartarus was used to confine dangers to the gods of Olympus. 
In later mythologies, it became a space dedicated to the imprisonment and torment of mortals, such as Sisyphus, who had sinned against the gods. Like, he was sent, Sisyphus was sent to Tartarus for killing guests. Do you think he was the inescapable box, or do you think that's where he was sent to roll the boulder? Possibly. Well, he was sent there by, like you said, for killing guests um, who have diplomatic immunity in violation of his hospitality. They're saying that because he seduced his niece, that was a sin. So they're, the gods are disapproval of that kind of thing. Even well, he must have been married. the box then. So in the story when there's an yeah. the un- inescapable box and only... And like you said, he did a Brian Lamb on and reported one of Zeus's sexual conquests by telling the river gods of the whereabouts of his daughter. Um, <laughs> he did a yeah. Brian Lamb <laughs> He overstepped his bounds by considering himself a peer of the gods who could rightfully report their end. So he thought he was like, he could say like, fuck you gods, I'm, I I don't think, I, I think I should have a say in what your morality is. Well, why not? Why not indeed? I mean, they're a bit hypocritical saying that he's wrong marrying his niece when they're literally banging each other's like siblings. Yeah. <laughs> and marrying them. Like Zeus and Hera are brother and sister. Yeah, they're literally telling people not to do stuff that they do on yeah. pain of death. Yeah, yeah, that's and the reason that they think it's like immoral, even though they're doing it. Like that doesn't make any. They are Tories. The Greek gods in this story are fucking Tories. Actually, you know what you said, where where he was forced to roll the large boulder. That's yeah. a Tartarus. He has there. He has there. So it's like it's like kind of like the Greek version of hell. I, think I like that by sense. surprise my story has turned out to take place partially in the main character of your story. Yeah, there's lots of crossovers going over here. But I think a lot of people like maybe miscon like see what annoys me about the, the Hercules movie, the Disney movie, is that Hades is meant to be like this dodgy kind of car salesman prick. Whereas actually Hades was one of the nicest of the Greek gods. He was actually a very charming and polite man. And he didn't get involved in all the... Yeah, if anything, I'd say that Zeus was more of a prick than Hades. I mean, yeah. And they should have... <laughs> Hades didn't... Hades was genuinely in love with Persephone. He didn't cheat on her. And he came to a compromise. He was even willing to just like have her go back to her mum for six months of the year. Zeus wouldn't stand for that. He always wants to get what, what he wants, regardless of his wife's feelings. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas... And a lot of people think Hades is like the equivalent of hell, where it wasn't. It was just where the dead went. It was like they're because mortals didn't go to Olympus. They didn't go to live with the gods unless they were a demigod or something or had special circumstances. No way would mortals live with the gods. They would go to Hades. <laughs> had special circumstances just made me think of people that don't wear like masks like transport <laughs> I've actually got like, just the gods going excuse me Sheila you can't be here I've actually got special circumstances the oh, doctor yeah. said to me I had to go to Mount Olympus when I died I've got an exception so I'm like <laughs> to stay here actually and can I speak to your manager please <laughs> <laughs> so Tartarus is like it is just a place of punishment um, a place of darkness it's not a good place to be. Whereas I don't think Erebus really gives a shit because he's not actually like sentient, I guess, <laughs> for some reason. So it's 
so I would go over his family. I like he is sentient, but he also doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's just darkness. He don't care. Like, there's not really much about him. There's no. I think the fact there's not a lot of stories about him is that he's just been. He doesn't really do much. He's not. He's just more interested in his own family and banging his sister and banging out all these kids. He's he's not really involved in humans, I don't think. But the gods are like the like Zeus and all them who do interfere with humans probably use him, his realm. Whereas I guess he just doesn't really care. He's just like whatever. Yeah. So then we come to Nyx, who is his sister wife, and she represents so Erebus represents darkness, she represents night. I mean, is there a difference? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. She's a shadowy figure. Nick stood at the near at or near the beginning of creation and mothered other personified deities such as Hypnos, who is sleep. Now the funny thing is Hypnos likes to fuck with Zeus because Hera Hera liked to basically to ask Hypnos to basically <laughs> So there's a story in the Iliad that Hypnos, who is a minor deity of sleep, reminds Hera of an old favour. After she asked him to put Zeus to sleep, he had once before put Zeus to sleep at the bidding of Hera, allowing her to cause Hercules, who was returning by sea from Troy, a great misfortune. Because obviously Zeus had Hercules, like he cheated on her basically and she was raging. So she basically wanted to put him to sleep so she could do bad things to his offspring. Zeus was furious and would have smote Hypnos into the sea if he had not fled to Nyx, his mother saw every time Zeus threatened uh, Hypnos, he would fly back to his mum because Nyx would basically fuck up Zeus if she hurt her son. So he's like flying back to mummy. <laughs> it's like saying my dad's going to kick your dad's ass or something like that. Um, I'm going to get my dad to, I'm going to tell him on you and all this, like, but except it's his mum. So she, um, so Zeus, fearing Nyx's anger, held his fury at bay, and in this way, Hypnos escaped the wrath of Zeus by appealing to his powerful mother. <laughs> he disturbed oh. Zeus only a few times after that, always fearing Zeus and running back to his mother Nyx, who would have confronted Zeus with a maternal fury. So don't fuck with Nyx, basically. No. I like the Zeus who doesn't care who he fucks with, apparently won't fuck with her, but... No, really yeah, you can't. Her. Yeah, she's really strong woman, I think. Um, there's also a story about Nyx, who took an important role in some poems attributed to Orpheus. And the Nyx, rather than chaos, is the first principle from which all creation emerges. She occupies a cave in which she gives oracles. Kronos, who's chained within, is asleep and drunk on honey, dreams and prophesies. Is outside the cave... Adrastea clashes cymbals and beats upon her tympanon, I guess it's a drum, moving the entire universe in a static dance to the rhythm of Nyx's chanting. I, I don't know where this is going. The strange monstrous hermaphrodite Orphic Demi-Merge was the child or father of Nyx. That's confusing as well. <laughs> Nyx is that was a very confusing sentence. How can... Is it because they're hermaphrodite that they're also like the father or is it or like they just the don't know? Cartman's mom episode of South Park? Yeah. Like they were trying to work out who his dad was or who she was his dad. Yeah, who his dad was, and they were like, actually your mum's your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
she lives in a cave or mansion beyond the ocean or somewhere at the edge of the cosmos um and the house of the goddess to which the philosopher is transported the palace of nyx i don't know she lives in a cave somewhere uh in some accounts the goddess uh, of witchcraft Hecate who we've mentioned before was also called the daughter of night so she could be the daughter of Nyx as well I mean it wouldn't surprise me the amount of kids she's had some offers made Nyx the mother of Eos the dawn goddess who was often conflated with Nyx's daughter Hemera when Eos's son Memnon was killed during the Trojan War Eos made Helios the sun god downcast and asked Nyx to come out earlier so that she could collect her son's dead body undetected by the Greek and Trojan armies. Mm. Well, see when we're turning our clocks back, I guess that's for Nyx, if you're Greek. No, hold on, do I like turning the clocks back or do I dislike that? No, that's when I lose an hour, isn't it? I like it when it's more dark, so I like the winter, so I guess Nyx is my gal I'm again. Sure that's one I, like. I prefer when it's... I like the... Hold on, what do I like? <laughs> I like the light. I basically like there should be light when you get up, but I don't care how dark it is at night, so whatever one that is is the one I like. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that means a liker or a hater, <laughs> and I can't really work it out <laughs> for some reason, so there we go. Well, in astronomy, in 1987, the International Astro- Astronomical Union approved the name Nix for a Mons mountain peak feature on the planet Venus. Nix Mons is located at latitude 30 degrees north and longitude 48.5 degrees east on the Venusian surface. There you are. And June 21st, 2006, the International Astronomical Union renamed one of Pluto's recently discovered moons Nix in honour of Nix. Obviously, the name was spelled with an I instead of a Y to avoid conflict with the asteroid 3908 Nix. I mean our, our name is spelled N-Y-X which I think is also quite a cool name. Yeah, it is a cool name I agree. Um, whatever one do you want me to look at in terms of Ere- Erebus and Nix's family? Momus? I want to know who that is. Why the hell not? Apparently there's also a Scottish art and artist and singer called Momus. I've never heard of them. <laughs> Momus was the personification of satire and mockery. I like it. So basically Matt and Trey Parker from South Park, who are the kings of satire. Two stories about him figure among Aesop's fables. During the Renaissance, several literary works used him as a mouthpiece for their criticism of tyranny, while others made him a critic of t- contemporary society. On stage, he finally became the figure of harmless fun. So that's what Momus is, just... A bit of a laugh, basically. It's just a bit of a laugh. As a sharp-tongued spirit of unfair criticism, Momus was eventually expelled from the company of the gods on Mount Olympus. His name is related to meaning blame, reproach or disgrace. Hesiod said that Momus was son, a son of night, though she lay with none, and with the twin of the misery goddess Oises. <laughs> kind of misery goddess. <laughs> In the 8th century BCE epic Cypria, Momus was credited with studying up the Trojan War in order to reduce the human population. Sophocles wrote a later satire play called Momos, now almost entirely lost, which may have derived from this. Okay, well, there's another story about Momus here in Aesop's Fables, where he is asked to judge the handiwork of three gods, who vary depending on the version. A man, 
a house and a bull. He found all at fault. One of the, the man made, because oh, well, Morris was asked to judge. No, the handiwork of the three gods was that one of them was a man that they made, like Rocky and Rocky Horror. (laughs) One of them was a house and one of them was a bull. So Mama said that he found all at fault. The man, because his heart was not on view to judge his thoughts. The house, because it had no wheels so as to avoid troublesome neighbours. What? And the bull, because it did not have eyes in its horns to guide it when charging. Because of it, Plutarch and Aristotle criticised Aesop's storytelling as deficient in understanding, while Lucian insisted that anyone with sense was able to sound out a man's thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Another result, Momus became a byword for fault-finding, and the saying that if not even he could criticise something, then it was a sign of its perfection. So basically, if someone be, like doesn't like what you wear, that's Momus. That's what and that is. The bitch. Yeah, I'm almost just like a, a judgmental bitch, basically. <laughs> is there anyone else you want me to look at? I can go through the names again. I feel like there was another one that I did want you to look at, but now I can't even well, think of what letter it began with. What about Continentia? Because that makes me laugh, because that reminds me of Continentia Buttocks from Life of Brian. I mean, <laughs> why not Continentia life. then? Oh, it changed to, let's see, is that right? Um, I pressed, oh, right, okay, well, when I pressed that, it turned into a sophist sign, which is, di- well, I guess that's a different word then, that's weird. Hmm, yeah, that's not interesting. I don't know why it changed names all of a sudden. Like, she doesn't exist. Hmm. Something about confusion. She's like a, an ideal of excellence of character and soundness of mind, which combined in one well-balanced individual leads to other qualities such as temperance, moderation, prudence, purity, decorum, and self-control. Nah, she's boring. <laughs> what about Miseria Cordia? Oh, she's what a was person- the one that I thought sounded like a really that you said sounded like a drag queen and then I agreed and shouted their name. I don't know. Was that not one of the the Western nymphs? Oh, so it was. Again, too many names in Greek stories. Yeah. Um Elios, personification of mercy and compassion. She was the personification of mercy, clemency, compassion and pity. The counterpart of the Roman goddess Clementia, uh, of all the gods, the most hum- the most useful to human life in all its uh, vicissitudes, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Elios was the daughter of the primordial gods Nyx and Erebus, night and darkness. Do you know, there's quite a lot of nice gods and stuff that came from like night and darkness, like friendship and good cheer. Yeah. And there, well, there's hatred. <laughs> so that's what Styx is. And night and darkness uh, aren't necessarily like evil gods. They yeah. don't seem to be, or evil deities or beings or whatever. They don't seem to be doing anything particularly terrible. Yeah, that's true. Unlike Zeus. She's not too bad. Um, Ponos, Dolus, Apati. Yeah, that's really it. I mean, there's not really much else I can say. There's just loads of them. They're not really the most Uh, interesting, but I like them. 
because I just think they're they're like the kind of out the the ones on the outside they're not as popular I'd say as the you know the main gods that everyone bangs on about that's why I quite like them because they're just sort of like minor ones that not your Britney Spearsies yeah (laughs) (laughs) and yeah that's really all I've got to say about that I enjoyed that I like the goth gods I like the goth gods as well and I want to shout out to them and respect to them. Uh, Dolas and Dolas is a spirit of trickery. He's also a master of cunning, deception, craftiness and treachery. Mm-hmm. Cool. And he's a presence of the Titan Prometheus and a companion of lies. <laughs> and a companion of lies. <laughs> yeah. His female counterpart is a Patty who is the goddess of fraud and deception. So that would be, I don't know if you've watched that show on Netflix about um, what's her name? Del- Anna Delvey. She was like this German, Russian-born. No, from I Germany. Know what you mean, but she I'm went not to. That. It's really good. She went to America and just conned her way and said that she was a German heiress when she actually wasn't at all. Obviously, um, her name was Anna Sorokin, but she changed it to Anna Delvey. So I would say that she was probably, um, if anything, she would be like the goddess of fraud and deception. <laughs> Go her. A patty. Yeah. Oh, mendacious. You know when they say mendacity? That's when you're being deceived, deceiving and lying, basically. Mm-hmm. That's the Roman equivalent uh, to Dolos. So that oh. there's basically he even tricks gods into lies as well. Um, primordial deities. Let me just, like, before we wrap this up, I want to get more into primordial deities, which is what Erebus is. So what is a primordial deity? So they're the first generation of gods and goddesses. These deities represented the fundamental forces and physical foundations of the world. So I guess like you were saying, like matter. Yeah, like the stuff coming out of the Big Bang. Quantum shit. And they were generally not actively worshipped, which again is like why I'm saying that I quite like these gods, because they're not actually, they don't actually, I don't even think they need to be worshipped. They're just there. Unlike the other needy gods who do need to be worshipped, to be powerful these these people just they don't they don't need that because they just are as they for the most part were not given human characteristics they were instead just personifications of places or abstract concepts so the first being i wish i was known to be a personification of an abstract concept (laughs) that's great so that's much better than being like oh yeah (laughs) who's she you know she's that nice girl like oh no, that's just that abstract construct, concept. Yeah, who are they? I don't know, just an abstract. You just can't. The personification of an abstract concept. <laughs> you know the personification of an abstract concept that I went to school with? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rings a bell. So there's Chaos, Gaia, who is Earth, Tartarus, who's like we've established as some sort of phantom zone. Eros, Erebus, Himera, Nyx, Gaia and Uranus in turn gave birth to the Titans and the Cyclops. The Titans, Kronos and Rhea then gave birth to the generation of the Olympians, who are, as we know, like Zeus, Poseidon, Hades and all that shit, who then overthrow the Titans and then Zeus basically becomes the king of the Olympus and all that shit. And then the other gods are just, they just don't care. They're they're indifferent. Um, There's more on... Uh, well, chaos is the first being to ever exist. It's both seen as a deity and a thing. Um, chaos is a gap between heaven and earth. 
Some accounts chaos existed first alongside Eros and Nyx, while in others chaos is the first and only thing in the universe. Um, and chaos is seen as existing beneath Tartarus. Chaos is apparent to night and darkness, which is cool. Yeah. Gaia was the second being to be formed right after chaos. Um, and she gave birth to heaven, who would later become her husband and her equal to sea and to the high mountains. So there are all these elemental stuff that these these beings. Gaia is Mother Earth figure and is seen as a mother of all the gods, while also being the seat on which they exist. Gaia is a Greek equivalent to the Roman goddess Terra, as in like Terra form and Earth, basically. Um, so that's Gaia. There's more about this, but I could go on and on about it. And then there's Nex, who we've covered. And what she gave birth to Erebus or in Erebus from which love sprang out. That's a weird tale. So that's how she ended up with Erebus because she laid an egg in his domain and love came out of the egg. But they didn't really have a child together. Oh, no, hold on, they did, but you know what I mean? Like they didn't. So maybe that's how they had kids. When the egg came out, it was love, and then Erebus and Nyx became one and then had children that way, I think. I mean, they're not normal, so it's not like she's given birth physically because she's not actually a physical being. If you can get your head around that. (laughs) (laughs) Then there's Eros. So Eros is a god of love in Greek mythology. And some versions of Greek mythology is one of the primordial beings that first came to be parentlessly. In Hesiod's version, Eros was the fairest among the immortal gods who conquers the mind and sensible thoughts of all gods and men. Yeah, okay. Um, Too sexy. Yeah, I mean, that's really it. Uh, scholars dispute the meaning of the primordial deities in the poems of Homer and Hesiod. Since the primordials give birth to the Titans and the Titans give birth to the Olympians, one way of interpreting the primordial god is as the deepest and most fundamental nature of the cosmos. So they're like space and matter. Yeah, so that's basically yeah. what they are. Yeah, I like that. That's epic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that. I'm going to leave it at that then. I'll leave their thoughts with you. <laughs> what are we going to talk about next week, Mark? Uh, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Well, are we not picking from the list? Or have well, I just got to choose? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, pick a number between one and uh, 20. Uh, number three. Number three. Uh, more Pokemon. Pokemon again. <laughs> Pokemon again. All right. Well, we're going to be talking about more Pokemon. Um, I don't know whether that's like just monster, the actual Pokemon, or just like in Pokemon in general. We we could mix it up. Who cares? Well, <laughs> I seems kind of the same as we did last time of picking things that Pokemon were based on, but we could also mm. just talk about Pokemon. Speaking of cartoons and sort of mythology and that remember way back when we were talking about like disney and stuff like disney animation mm-hmm. um what was it little mermaid came up and you were talking about morgana and how she used to be friends with ariel's mum and they were kicked out of atlantia yes. by the dad there's a theory that goes around like initially um triton is that his name mm-hmm. triton and ursula are actually brother and sister because they're both in Greek mythology 
the children of Poseidon. Oh. And that Ursula was given her conch shell by Poseidon to like you know as a magic thing and that's why she has power and and then like Triton was given his Triton no was it Triton what the fuck was his name Triton he was given his Triton by Poseidon that's called, why they're both powerful I think you're right I think he was called Triton but Triton, <laughs> but they're saying that possibly Ursula might have a different mother from it's like they have the same father, Poseidon, but they've got different mothers, and that's why she is what you call a mollusk person, because she's like, or is that a mollusk? I don't know, one of the octopi people, because she's got like tentacles instead. Yeah. She's not like technically a mere person, and that's why she lived in the palace, because she was his blood, and she was a noble woman. And Morgana, her sister, who's in Little Mermaid Two may just be like her not the daughter of that's yeah, like why she's not as good as Ursula yeah because like Morgana was always trying to live up to her mother's expectations because her their mum loved Ursula more because she was a better witch like more powerful because she was actually the daughter of Poseidon whereas Morgana wasn't she probably banged some other guy and that's why she wasn't as powerful and she was just basically trying to impress her mum because she was always second best and you shouldn't blame your children for who you buy. Yeah, that's why like that that character in the the sequel to Little Mermaid, I have actually a lot of sympathy for, because she was just like a bit fucked up as a kid, and she was always just trying to prove herself, and that's why she wanted the 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 Triton. She didn't give a shit about Ursula. She pretended that she did, but she was just doing it to try and impress her mum. So I thought that was quite interesting and I, I remember you talking about it and I couldn't get my head around like why were they kicked out of the palace and stuff. Um, yeah, so good, good, go then. <laughs> it kind of annoys me that, you know, like because she was a sea witch, like she was just because she didn't look like a beautiful mermaid that Triton was disgusted by her and kicked yeah. her out. What a prick. What a prick indeed. He's, He's a racist. He's a racist. Yeah. And I don't blame her for, like, she ended up having to live in the outskirts. She was banished just because, you know, she was a woman and he didn't like the fact that he was friends, she was friends with his wife. In fact, his wife told him, don't kick her out. What are you doing? And he did it anyway. <laughs> she tried to say to Triton, please don't kick her out. He's clearly an absolute <laughs> bastard. So, if anything, I blame him for uh, everything that happened. <laughs> All his fault. <laughs> I know it's just a cartoon, but I'm really I went down a bit of a rabbit hole there. So Doesn't anyway, we're going to be talking about Pokemon next week. Thanks very much for listening. Hope you enjoyed our uh, tales of Greek gods and goddesses. Why not seek out Michael Jordan's book on the subject? Encyclopedia of Gods. Yep. And also, there's a good one with Stephen Fry, who writes a lot about the Greek gods and goddesses and also Greek heroes. I also recommend that. Yes. Right, well, good night. Bye. Good Bye.